Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Chopped Guillotine Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Harris. With me, we have a very special guest for you all today. We have, arguably, the sexiest ginger in the Guillotine League, Alex Boren. Alex, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. Um, why is it arguable I'm the sexiest ginger? Like, who's the other argument? I mean, Ryan Loomer has made a pretty compelling case to me on more than one occasion, but... Okay, I, I understand that one. You know, it's, hey, to each their own. To each their own. To me, you, but to some riot. Hey. Anyways, welcome in. We're glad to have you here. Thanks for having me. So, my first question to you, what inspired you to join the SIGEP Guillotine Fantasy Football League? Um, I've been wanting to get into fantasy, and this sounded like an amazing concept. And it was a blast. I'm really glad I did. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. Would Would you say that this is the best fantasy football league that someone can participate in? Yes, hands down, the best. Wow, thank you so much. It means a lot to me, Grant Hemmelman. I know you feel differently, but you can suck it. Grant's really the only one that can argue it's not. I mean, anyone who loses first first round week one, you mm-hmm. know, there's not much you can do. It's tough. Someone's got to be cannon fodder, but it wasn't you. You had a very successful season. Where'd yes. you end up finishing in it, by the way? Fifth? I want to say I was fifth. Fifth sounds about right. Fifth sounds about right. I know you made I know you made top six. And I'm pretty sure you went out immediately after Travis. Yes. So yeah, so fifth sounds about right. You had a very interesting, a very up and down season. And there's no better way to start except the beginning with your draft you had looking back on it the team that you drafted is stellar it didn't you know not everyone got off to the rocking roaring head start but walk me through walk me through the thought process behind the draft the strategy that you had going on and where'd your team end up after that well going into the draft i I can't say I know a lot about, like, I love watching football, I love following teams. Can't say I know a lot about the best players. Mm-hmm. So going to the draft, I'm just looking for what, with my limited knowledge, looking for best available, looking for trying to fill spots I need, um, going off of ESPN's own rating system to find players they think are good. Gotcha. So was there any particular position group that you were looking you know, oh, I want to really target running back or anything like that? In a PPR league, I personally like receivers. Okay. Um, and that, for guillotine, in a three-receiver league, turned out to be a smart choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Stefan Diggs, first overall pick. The greatest pick of the draft, if, <laughs> if I may say so. Uh, you may not, no, oh. but continue. Um, I did reach on... Juju Smith-Schuster. I picked him about a round earlier than he would have gone. Yeah. But... I do see that. But it, it does get pretty shallow pretty quick. I get yeah. what you mean. Well, I also named my team Bad Juju before the draft. So I kind of oh. reached on him to ensure that I would get him. No, you're so right. That pick was actually forced. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I noticed... Um, this is a theme that I noticed with some of the teams that ended up making it a little bit longer. You drafted a quarterback early. And I don't know, going into it, if you knew uh, that drafting a quarterback early is one of the seven deadly sins of fantasy football. You're supposed to wait and build up your depth. Did you know 
that you were committing one of the seven deadly sins of fantasy football at the time. See, I am knowledgeable that it is not normally okay to draft a quarterback early. Mm-hmm. But as someone who has, in my, like I said, limited fantasy football experience, I'm, yeah. this was my fourth year participating in fantasy football, I've always had elite QBs. Okay. Josh Allen carried me last year. As he carried Manny. As a running back. He's one of the best. <laughs> and I love those dual threat position players. Right. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I'm a big Chiefs guy. And so I just thought, you know, I don't know if my thought was I should probably get one of the good quarterbacks before they're all taken. Right. Maybe I was thinking, okay, I just want someone who I know is going to score a lot of points every week above someone who might not. I wasn't sure, but I picked Mahomes. I know I was one of the first people to pick I get what you mean. You know, I, I think it was very successful. I think that the reason that that was successful for you and for Jack and for me taking Jalen Hurts is because in most leagues, you know, you've got you got 10, you got 12 teams in the league. There's always going to be decent quarterbacks just chilling on the waiver wire. But when you when you start getting into 18 whole teams in a league, like you you can't you can't confidently roll out the 18th best quarterback in the NFL and say, "Yes, this is going to work." I'm definitely not going to get eliminated. You know, the the it was the people who were starting like Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones that were getting the axe. It wasn't the people with the top tier guys who can absolutely go off. So knowingly or not, it was a brilliant pick, especially stacking him with Juju Smith-Schuster, who you're right, you took him way early. You took him in the fourth round ahead of the likes of Amari Cooper, George Kittle, who in retrospect, fine, Lamar Jackson, um, that sort of thing. But you got to secure the name. I get it. Yeah. You also drafted two stud running backs who no one knew were going to be stud running backs at the time, and Ramondre Stevenson and James Conner. Was this a, I know a thing about these guys, or did they just fall to you and you said, you know what, I need a back? I think they just fell to me. Okay. I need a running back, and they're probably the best available running back, according to ESPN. Stevenson was a stud. Conner was injured more than I would have liked. Mm. Um, but overall, yes, I yeah. He ended up on my team at some point. I don't remember how that one happened. Near the but... end, he had several weeks where he went off. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a necessity. So, <clears throat> moving out of the draft, we're going to get to your best moves. But really, before you had a chance to make any big moves, you had a pretty big week two comeback situation. Yes, I, I remember that. Would you like to? Um, would you like to set the scene for our audience here? So. Going into Monday Night Football, it's the Bills versus the Titans. Yep. And I am down 30 points. I, in order to survive that week, going into Monday, I needed my one player who was on either Buffalo Bills or Tennessee Titans, Stefan Diggs, yep. to score 30 points. A daunting task. But oh, absolutely. I believed he was up for it. We we already had the group chat. Like we were we were ready to rename it Rest in Peace Alex Boren. Yeah. But he pulled through. Yes. Not only did Stefan Diggs score the 30 points I needed, he scored 44.8. Mm-hmm. Not only did he save him from the embarrassment of losing, he saved him from the embarrassment of being second to last, which is really 
in some situations that much more embarrassing because there's so much more work you have to do. Second to last is it's a scary place to be because you go into that next week not knowing if you have enough to survive. I know. The, the vultures will start. They'll but start circling you, around you after that. See Sawyer who spent half his budget ensuring that he would not go out week two. Yeah. that That's what you got to do. And, you know, when you... When you're when you're tilted, when you make those big moves, they tend to not pay off. So, so having the flexibility and freedom to not also be second to last, but to score a very comfortable 100 or so points. Yes, think that was pretty big for you. Yeah, Stefan Diggs, uh, my MVP of the season. Absolutely, did me really well. <clears throat> I I can see I can see a future where you name your team after Stefan Diggs. I might have season. to in honor of week two. Absolutely, better hope he falls. Moving out of the arguably greatest triumph, the greatest single-game triumph of the season, you were up for quite a long time in the league. You made a lot of trades. You made a lot of pickups. Before we get into the trades, which, of course, we know. We know what's coming on the trade section. You and I do, at least. Not sure if these folks do. The pickups, though. You you were pretty active on the waiver wire. I'm pretty sure you had the third most um, ad drop moves out of anyone in the league right behind myself and Travis. What was your best pickup, do you think? I honestly don't know my best pickup off the top of my head. I know I was very active on the wire. It was very convenient. I believe I was the earliest riser out of everyone in the league. Mm. So come Thursday morning, I was the first one to check. I would eat breakfast, I'd be down in the dining hall, 7 a.m., and I would check the fantasy, you know, our league and whenever i saw a decent player on the wire that was better than one on my bench i would pick and drop there you go yeah that that's something that people don't talk about enough for any league that has um a free agent budget a fab system is whoever's the early bird of the league they've got a pretty they've got a pretty big advantage in that you know just being able to have you know your pick of the litter of anybody who didn't get picked up for money that's that's pretty valuable. I can totally see that being a part of, you know, what what kept you moving forward. Yeah, it's it's especially later in the, the season, it was easy to find mm-hmm. diamonds in the rough. Um, there are also certain players you got to look for on that are, people miss them because they're on a bye week. Right. I remember there was one player I don't remember who, but oh, I watched. That, that was Etn. Etn. That was definitely Etn. Um, I remember this. Yes, probably my best pickup then. Yeah. Because I did not need him that week. But I knew he had a bye week, so no one saw him. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to pick him up. No, that was great. I I had been doing that as well. I was very mad to see that someone else had finally picked up on the look at players who had bye weeks situation. My $1 bid was sadly outclassed. And, you know, you, you got the better of me on that one. But enough about that. We know where we're going next. Ladies and gentlemen, you've seen it. You've heard the legends. The trade of the century, that, that's the real reason that we wanted Alex on this podcast so bad, is I wanted to break down what was going through your head when we made the trade of the century. Frankly, I just I needed to survive another week. Uh, I ended up trading Stefan Diggs, didn't I? That week? Yes. Yeah, you sent Stefan Diggs. You can actually go ahead, and if we pull up. Stefan Diggs right here, you can see transaction history, and you can see the full trade. 
but I I have the contract that we wrote and signed somewhere around here. We'll get to that later. But yeah, it, it was a cool contract writing it up. See, I'm in this to have fun, and even if I'd lost, signing that contract was one of the best moments, real highlight of the league. I uh, in perpetuity got Juju Smith-Schuster if he was not on roster. And anyone who had Juju had to change their name to my former team name. Right. So not only did I trade players, I traded team names. The first time that probably any of you listening have ever seen a trade that involved a team name. Um, I was very happy with it. You know, the, the final trade ended up being AB sent off um, Stefan Diggs and Juju Smith-Schuster. In return, he acquired Pat Fryermuth, DeAndre Swift, Alan Lazard, back when we thought that he was really good, and Chris Godwin. So really filling up the depth. You got a then-healthy DeAndre Swift, Pat Fryermuth to solve your tight end woes, and functional, certainly functional wide receivers. But you see, that that's not the only thing that went into the trade. Not only did the name change come into the trade, but there was also... I think we had a side bet placed on this. Yes, we did. We did have a side bet placed on I, this. Before this trade and after this trade, pretty much the entire season, <laughs> I had great tight end woes, which is why if I'm given the first pick, I'm taking Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, in the I needed a decent tight end. Pat Fryermuth had some decent weeks going into this. And this was not my first trade for tight ends. Nope. So I told Joe, I need a tight end that's going to score points. I said, I guarantee you he's going to score points. Yeah. So we had a side bet of... Two or three fab. Two or three fab. At the time, that was like almost big money. I would do it. I mean, it was... It wasn't nothing, but it also, you know, wasn't... It was enough to make it very interesting. Right. You you could do a lot with free fab. A yeah. couple weeks later, I got Devontae Adams for free fab. Yes. And so we bet that, uh, I bet that the tight end would not score X amount of points. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the tight end did. There you go. So I lost free fab. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Not only, not only were players exchanged, not only was a team name exchanged, but... An entire side bet made around just one single trade. I, I think that there's a lot of interesting places we can take this going forward just because I know that there are a lot of people who are concerned that like, well, if I, you know, if I make this trade and the dude sucks, then what happens? So I, I like the I like the ability to offer a little bit of insurance, if you will, of like, you know what, if he's bad then I'll understand. I'll make it worth your while just a little bit more. I, I think that that's somewhere that people can look to help make trades just a little bit more even going forward in this league. And hopefully that spurs more trades. You know, the, the trades and mobility really help in making the league a lot of fun for people. The roster management is super interesting because, you know, you, you can't hold dudes through the bye all the time. You've got to get people starting bodies on that roster right now and so anything i think at least anything that is going to um, make players more mobile that's that's something worth looking for yes uh, 
having the side bet on the trade, the team name change, it made the trade more exciting, and I wish more people would uh, throw more side bets and things to make it more interesting. I agree. Just trading players and hope hope you win, or maybe both people win. For sure. Are there any other trades, pickups that you'd like to touch on before we get towards wrapping it up? Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Sure. I'm sure, I will after this recording's okay. done. Naturally. As, as they all do. Um, I mean, we could talk about... Oh, was it Travis I traded with for Bad Juju? No. I Who said Travis Juju. You said... Tra- Travis Jones later became the proud owner of yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster, and therefore the name Bad Juju. Right before he got a concussion. Yes. Immediately before he was concussed. Yeah. I Part of the reason this trade worked so well for me was just adding the, the depth at positions I didn't have depth at, and... The fact that, yeah, Juju got injured, had a immediately after. So basically, the trade value got skewed a bit, despite Stefan Diggs continuing to score a lot of right. points every week. Right. So I I think the last thing that we want to touch on here is um, I discussed a couple of rule changes in our last episode with Jack McGrath. You disagree with some of those rule changes. Why do you disagree with? these rule changes and what are the rule changes for the audience by the way in case so the two rule changes i remember were adjusting the draft order based on uh when you won or lost so yeah grant hillman would be the first overall pick since he lost week one grant you're on the clock and the other rule change was limiting select player selection to players who were previously on your roster in the previous season only for the first round yeah, only for the first round. I don't like that rule. Just out of fairness, I know me picking probably in about the same spot I did last time, pick number 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, that's not a big deal because when you survive that long, there's a lot of players that are available. Sure. But when you're Grant Hillman or John Brandle going out weeks one, week two, you don't have time to get the best players on your team. If Stefan Diggs was a unanimous number one overall pick, neither one of them could pick Stefan Diggs number one. No, you're right. If Travis Kelsey, this being a guillotine league and people like tight ends more because all the tight ends were bad. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to pick a tight end, there's a lot of people that won't be able to pick tight ends. Me being one of them. <laughs> No, that's true, and and I get what you're saying, but I I don't think that we made the rule out of out of fairness in that regard. I think we made it more in fairness, just based on roster construction. Um, I think that in a lot of leagues, you find that the people who draft towards the top, um, they just overwhelmingly have better teams, and there's there's data that backs this up. Like ESPN has tracked across all of their fantasy leagues they find that you know the higher up you are in the draft position the more likely you are to win the league because you've got the best player in the first round and then you've got the best player in the third round and the best player in the fifth round and yeah you've got the worst player in the second round but how much does it actually matter because you get the worst player in the not as good round compared to the first round. So I, I think that this is more of a move for 
draft position parity than it is for just overall fairness. Yeah, I understand where that's coming from. I think if you look at where people fell this year, even someone like Travis Jones mm-hmm. got sixth place and he picked last. I mean, you already touched on that. I was a 14th overall pick and I like finished top five. I get that, and it's not a perfect science, but I I think that, you know, I, I want to take from the bigger sample size. You know, I, I also want to maybe go out on a limb and say that you and Travis did that because you are better at fantasy football than people like John Brandle or obviously Grant Hemelman because Grant Hemelman is terrible at fantasy football and he was the first person to be eliminated. Yeah, see, I just I think I'm lucky at fantasy football. <laughs> Week two. Especially week two, especially baby. Yeah, Malak ran out in my last week. You know, unfortunate. I had to make a desperate trade. Everyone gets bit eventually. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that was also a really good move. Like it, it oh, didn't yeah. it didn't pan out for you, but I I do like the idea of you taking the the lifeline trade of like okay, here's a ton of fab, here's Jalen Waddle, and give me Tyree Kill because like you were. You were down big going into that game too, weren't you? Yeah, I was down by a bit, and I knew Tyreek Hill would have done better, and he did do better than Waddle. Mm-hmm. It was just he didn't score as many points as I needed him to. Yeah. The thing is, like, if that week panned out better for me, if I if my other players decided to play, <laughs> right, like show up, I had I want to say the most bad. Those final weeks, I was in the lead. I was battling Joe for like the most bad for like, sure. If I survived another week, I could have picked up so many good players for such a cheap price. Mm-hmm. Like I was in a good spot, but just how no, yeah, players got to play, and it's it's always narrow. There, yeah. Trust me, the guillotine league is a is a long list and stories of what ifs. But well, I think we're going to take those rule changes to a league wide vote. We'll see how it goes down. I personally think that. Having parity in the first round is pretty valuable, especially the in the eighteen team format. You know, if you're if you're talking about an eight team league, then it's maybe a little different. But we'll see how that goes. We'll get into our final thoughts. Um, well, we'll get into Alex's final thoughts. I can always say thoughts on this podcast. So, AB, do you have anything you would like to tell the listeners? Any advice, even? Uh, I don't know if they want to listen to my advice because I just kind of took the players ESPN told me to take, and then I you know had some fun along the way. That's that's interesting. Have fun. Yeah. I can't wait to do this next year. And as long as I'm not, I my initial goal was to be uh, not first four eliminated, so survive to week five. And I mean, even just having the group chat, that was always fun. So, oh, the group chat was incredible yeah so yeah just have fun all right you heard it here first folks the points of fantasy football is to have fun alex thanks so much for being here i appreciate it thank you so much joe absolutely uh we're gonna go ahead and sign off thank you all very much for listening we'll see you next time